It's the Neverland Podcast, episode 64. Welcome to Neverland. Take a start of the right straight until morning. Neverland. Hello, Neverlanders, and greetings to all of you programs and earbuds out there. Perhaps you've come along. Yes, earbuds. They might be there. Because we have a special guest with us. I have, of course, I am your host. I am the Pan, Spider Pan. I am Jeremy, and I am here once again to lead you into Neverland, into the fray once more. But we're not going alone. We have brought a Techno Retro Dad with us. It is Techno Retro Dad. Just one of you. We're going to get you both on at some point. That would be great. That'd be great. I'm just glad to be here. Yes. Well, we have Shazbazar with us again. Ta-da! Hello, hello, and uh, I was going to say welcome back, but uh, thanks for having me again. Well, thanks for being had again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting to love to say that to people now. You've just been had. (laughs) I feel like it. (laughs) Well, do you have your pocket pixie with you? I have my pocket pixie. Well, good. Let's all, everybody take out your pocket pixie, shake her around, get some of that pixie dust, grab your happiest thought, and we will fly away to Neverland. And as we fly off here, second star to the right, I'll remind you all to visit NeverlandPodcast.com, where you can find all the information I'm about to just give you anyway. Remember to email us at podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter if you go to Twitter.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Hey, we love it when you tweet to us during the show while you're listening, so you get those fresh thoughts in. We love to hear it. In fact, I... I did have a a late listen from Tim Nidell of Saturday Morning Rewind, which, by the way, y'all should be listening to his show. He gets to talk to a lot of great voice actors from a lot of those cartoons you grew up watching. It's a great show. But uh, he actually got uh, a late listen to this week's episode and did tweet me during the show to say, hey, I'm listening. I'm better late than never kind of thing. It was fun. Uh, But anyways, also Facebook.com slash Neverland Podcast. You will find our like page. That's also where I post a lot of fun and news items. I've been a little behind on doing Marvel Mondays, Turtle Tuesdays, and stuff like that. I'm getting used to my new schedule, but uh, those will be coming back. You can also leave us a voicemail, 816-226-6492. Keep it clean, keep it fun, and you will hear it on the show. Also, make sure that you join the Neverlanders. What do we mean by that? Well, if you look on NeverlandPodcast.com, there is a little bar across the top, and it says Neverlanders with an exclamation point. You go in there, and you will find out all the details about becoming an official Lost Boy or a Pixie. Now, do you happen to know, Shaz Bazaar, why Pixies are not Lost Girls? Because they always know where they're going. Right, because girls are just too clever to get lost (laughs) that's not some crazy masculine thing you just don't become a lost girl you don't get lost so all you ladies out there you will become a pixie and all you have to do is of course you know give us your first name so we will call you lost boy or pixie blank and then come up with your official nickname why do you have a nickname well if you ever go and watch peter pan or read peter pan or if you've seen hook you know they all have names like toodles and don't ask and things like that well you have to have a name and it has to describe you and so now we're going to officially induct Shaz Bazaar as our newest Lost Bazoi. Lost Bazoi. Wow. See, I'm get a Lost Bazoi. <laughs> I right. even get a special designation. <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll, we'll just call it. It's, it's it's just for you, the Lost Bazoi. That's yeah. see, that's what happens when you have that many Z's. Yeah, you are the Snoop Dogg of Lost Boys because <laughs> you are the Lost Bazoi. <laughs> oh my goodness! But anyway, so we will refer to you as Lost Boy Stewart, but also we will start calling you Shaz Bazaar. Now, uh, does Shaz Bazaar that mean anything specific to you? How did you come up with that name? Uh, it, it's a misspelling of uh, the the builder of the second temple in the Old Testament. His name was Shesh Bazaar. Oh, and okay. uh, I just kind of took it as a, a an email address, and I spelled it wrong, and it stuck for the past oh sixteen years. <laughs> it's been a that while. That works, but it's a descriptive term. I like it. That'll work. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's become me. That's for sure. In fact, uh, I introduced myself as Stuart to one guy at a convention once, and he said, "No, no, 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 no." He said, "You're Shaz Bazaar. I wouldn't know who Stuart is." <laughs> So it's it's stuck. <laughs> well, there are there are definitely some oddball names you could have grabbed from the Old Testament that would have uh, been worse. <laughs> there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. <laughs> okay, but of course now you must take the place to grow wise, grow strong, but never grow up. And considering Techno Retro Dads, which we'll tell everybody about that, Techno Retro Dads is definitely a show where you really don't grow up and you're passing along that youthful spirit to your children and everything you loved growing up. That's why I love listening to it. It's a lot of fun. I don't have any children myself, but if I did, I'd be doing what you two, you two do. You're kind of doing that anyway. Yes, I am. Except, you know, with friends rather than kids, but that's uh, that's that's the gist of it. We just <laughs> never grew up. We just never grew up. I mean, you still like to, you know, eat cereal and watch cartoons. Yes. And uh, watch lots of uh, of the older movies. Oh, yes. In fact, my kids both feel like they've grown up in the 70s and 80s, I think, because that's most of what we watch. <laughs> well, nothing wrong with that, because a lot of the entertainment was definitely a lot better, I think. But yeah, maybe a lot of it was. It might be my age talking, but yeah, I, I think it was a lot better. Back in our day. Back in our day. Kids was kids. Yep. But uh, Went outside and played. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, actually, you, this is kind of a fun thing. You guys, this month, your your cereal of the month is Cocoa Puffs. I'm feeling cuckoo right now. Right. Now, I learned something very interesting, actually, this week. I've been listening to the old episodes of Saturday Morning Rewind. I'm plugging you again, Tim. Uh, but he was talking to, and I forgot the actor's name, but he's the voice of Lion-O. Uh, I did not realize that he has actually has been the voice of Sonny and has been cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs all these years. Really? Yes. How cool is that? That's that. You know, this blows your mind sometimes. Uh, so all- now I can put Lionel with with Sunny. Exactly. He also was the voice of Count Chocula. Really? Yes. I was so amazed. He really is cuckoo for chocolatey cereal. Yes, he is, and he is all kinds of awesome because he was Lionel. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. So he was the original Lionel, not the yes. new cartoon, but the right. but from the eighties. Nice. And then, of course, later came back on Silverhawks, which I actually like Silverhawks better than Thundercats. Uh, I only watched a couple of episodes of Silverhawks. It was a great show. I'm going to have to do an episode on that one as well because I loved it. But he was on that one as well as a, as a character called Bluegrass and had this guitar and he was Southern accent. He was awesome. Oh, come on. That sounds great. Oh, it was a great show. And that's also, the I believe, only the first season is out on DVD. But you can find that. I should link that up in the show notes, but maybe I'll wait until we actually talk Silverhawks, and then i got to find a Disney connection. <laughs> you will. I'm, I'm certain of it. That's the great thing with voice actors, is all of them will usually find a way to work for Disney. That is yes. the place to work. 
But speaking of Disney, we have some Oscar news. Your attention, please. Disney movie news. Yeah, some exciting Oscar news. Yes, this was fantastic. And I, I had two horses, really, I thought, in the race for, for Best Animated Picture because I love Big Hero 6. I also really loved How to Train Your Dragon 2. Did you see both of those? No, I, I have not seen Dragon 2. My goodness. It and was... I really like that series and that, that well, the series and, and movies. Um, yeah. Jay Baruchel, I can't believe he's been doing this as long as he has. He's been stuck with that part, and he loves it. I mean, he really is is excellent, but uh, I loved How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, I didn't get to see the uh, the series that was on Nickelodeon, and I'm hoping it's somewhere on Netflix. So I would really like to check it out. I was worried going into the sequel that, oh, I didn't get to watch the series, so I wonder if I've missed anything. But really, you don't have to have seen uh, the the series to catch back up. Uh, it helps to have seen the first movie, so it help establish your character, so you know Hiccup and yes. you're familiar with Toothless. But wow, that second one was excellent. It was it was so good that we went uh, that when it opened, we went I think a Saturday morning, and then that following following weekend, we went to the drive-in because it was showing again. Nice. So we went to the drive-in, and I think it was showing with uh, of all things X Men: Days of Future Past, which is a very weird mix. <laughs> That is a weird mix. So, so you your double features at your drive-in? Yes, I love that. I love. I love oh that. yes, ours always, is like that. We always have to go at least once every year. It's a great thing. It is great. I love love to see drive-in movies. So I was going to be happy if either Big Hero Six or How to Train Your Dragon Two won. And of course, Big Hero Six being a Disney film won. So we're going to celebrate it on this show because we we claim ourselves as a Disney podcast. It makes me very happy. But I'm going to warn you. <laughs> All right, so the Blu-ray came out. Now, you've been able to get a digital copy for a while. Uh, they released it, I think, probably through iTunes. But, uh, yeah, I think they did it so that you could watch it before the Oscars. Probably, probably. Of course, it's getting any more where they'll release that digital copy before the, the hard copy comes out because I guess they're trying to switch us all over. But maybe, I, maybe it's just because I'm old school that way, but I like having a hard copy. But I don't mind a digital copy because it is kind of getting fun to have all these movies on my phone. Yes, Especially if you're going to be in a long waiting room or something, it's like, oh, look, a movie. So, but Good uh, point. Here's the thing: is okay. So obviously, I'm a Disney nut, so I'm buying all these Disney movies, and generally, uh, I, I, I'm also a member of the Movie Rewards Club, which okay. I highly recommend. So every movie I get, you get this little thing in the case to redeem. It has a little code over at Disney Movie Rewards. You redeem this code and. Provided, of course, you've purchased a digital copy, this code usually will unlock your digital copy with uh, the new Disney Movies Anywhere, which they just finally launched, so it's a lot easier to compile all of your Disney movies that you've got a digital copy of. Uh, and then that, they have now partnered with Voodoo and uh, and with Google, and so all these all my Disney movies that ha- that I've bought a digital copy when I bought the Blu-ray, I've got them on my phone on any uh, about three different ways on my phone, so it's great. Well, now here's the thing. Walmart and Voodoo have made some sort of an agreement where when you go and you – if you buy it at Walmart – and I went there because through the through their online, I was able to get it uh, for like $18. So it was a lot cheaper. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty good. But I, I got this Voodoo copy, and it said to, that I needed to scan the receipt with the Walmart app, which I have mainly for, for filling my prescriptions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was supposed to do that, and then, of course, by having my Walmart account and my Voodoo account linked by having the same email, it was supposed to automatically unlock my digital copy on Voodoo because the code inside the case for the Disney Movie Rewards, and it even says magic code does, none, uh, does not unlock digital version of this movie. So oh. 
I thought, okay, well, Voodoo should automatically have this pop up. It didn't. I've been checking my Voodoo account. The movie has not showed up. I have made contact with them and told them of the problem. I've had to scan the front and back of the DVD case and the uh, receipt and everything. And I have scanned the receipt into Walmart's app with their... They have this new thing where if they find out that something you would have got cheaper at a different store, they will give you the money on a Walmart gift card, which is kind of a cool thing. Uh, so far, it has not worked out yet for me. And this is also supposed to be the way to where you could actually go into your Walmart account and you could buy or rent through Walmart your voodoo movies, you know, the same way. But it's not working. So I want to give everybody a fair warning that it may not, they may be working some bugs out or something. I don't know what's going on, but... I personally would rather have maybe just for convenience because I am starting to enjoy the Disney movies anywhere. Maybe if I'd have gone to Target so I could have gotten a copy where the reward code would have just automatically worked and unlocked my digital copy right there on one website. And then it would have been available on Voodoo, which the nice thing is on my Roku device. I do have Voodoo on there so I can watch my Disney movies right there. Right. So uh, the nice convenience where I was starting to actually like digital copies and I guess I was coming into the, the... modern millennial age by watching digital movies here's that little bump in the road that makes me say this is why i like having a solid disc i I do always like having a solid disc but i've since i cut the cable and we just use our smart tvs or smart blu-ray players or dvd players instead of picking up a disc i just hit the remote control and just start watching yeah and that's so i've gotten accustomed to it yeah it's really easy to get accustomed to it and i did Start cutting off on DirecTV, except for, yeah, there's some some benefits to it. And I got Google Fiber coming into the area, so I'm kind of still sticking with some regular TV. Just because I don't think the digital is completely as reliable as it needs to be. But it's getting there. It's not quite there yet. You're right. It's getting close. Well, uh, we also, I guess, while we're talking about Oscars. Yeah, we were talking about Oscars while I went way off into a tangent, but I wanted to give it a Hero 6, one. yes, one. Best animated feature. Best animated feature, and I, ma- that made me happy. I didn't get that to watch the fun. Oscars because I was working, so I had Lost Boy Jesse. By the way, did everybody follow that on Twitter? He was tweeting his heart out. <laughs> Just every little thing on there. Even hosts that had made appearances in Disney movies, he was letting you know. He, oh, he, awesome. was, he did a great job. So, uh, but... Uh, I didn't get to watch the Oscars, so I only got to hear about it. I hear there was a lot of Star Wars reference, and Julie Andrews came out and everything, so I'm sure it was a wonderful time. But I want to mention at least Feast was the best animated short. Nice. Uh, now, I'm figuring you did go out to see Big Hero 6 with oh, Feast, Oh, right? yes, I did. Yes, I did. Did Feast make you kind of want to cry a little bit at the end? I love that. I, it was great. It was wonderful, especially if you're if you're a dog lover. And the dog, you know, kind of almost gets replaced, but then he uh, he kind of replaces his master just a tad. <laughs> yeah, a bit. <laughs> but it, it was so true to life, and uh, you know, I I, just, as, I love the way it was telling a kind of a good, almost kind of a romance story through the eyes of a dog yeah. who just wants food. There, exactly. Which, Which is, is exactly what dogs do. <laughs> yes, it's what cats do too. But uh, a cat wouldn't be that loyal. The cat would be just like, nah, that's it. I'm going to scratch you if you don't feed me something. Yeah, yeah, probably. You know, our our cat just wants to come in when she's ready to come in. The dogs, you open the door, they know food's coming. Yep. The cat now, pretty much, she's just gotten to where the only time she meows is when it's time for, hey, there's no food in my bowl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's a fat little pig, but we love her to death. <laughs> okay, moving on to some park news. This is Gary Gnu, and no Gnu's is good Gnu's show. The only TV GNU's program guaranteed to contain no GNU's whatsoever. 
Neverland news from the Disney parks. All right, this is really cool. Speaking of the Oscars, Neil Patrick Harris, and I'm sure he did a wonderful job of hosting the Oscars. He's got a lot of charisma, a lot of charm, great guy. Uh, well, he did such a good job on that. He's actually going to host World of Color Celebrate. That's going to be the new show. Uh, that's going to be happening in Disney's California Adventure. This, and he's going to be, of course, co-hosting with Mickey Mouse. How cool is that? That's and cool. This is all part of May 22nd. Uh, this is the Diamond Anniversary Celebration. Have you been hearing about this? 60 oh, years of Disneyland. I get 60 years? 60 years. That is amazing. That is amazing. I've, I, I've never been to Disneyland. Neither have I. <laughs> Done a lot of Disney World, though. I've been to Disney World one time. Absolutely <gasps> loved it. I went once when I was a kid, and then we went once as a family in 08, and every time I go to Star Wars Celebration, I go to Disney World. Yeah, so that, would, pretty cool. that would be a plan. Well, I think Celebration's happening in California, though, it's this across year. across so. the street from Disneyland. Yeah, so if you're going to go out to Celebration, it gives you an opportunity across the street. That's right. That's right. I unfortunately still can't go. <sighs> I, I just don't have the money to travel like that, but maybe am, one day I will. Well, I'm, I'm still waiting to see if I'm going. Oh, well, let's hope you do. Yeah, I hope so. I'm going to try to find somebody who might be going. I have noticed here locally, and I do plan to have him on the show, uh, but there's a, a police officer in the area who is a member of the 501st. Really? Yes. Yeah, so I expect he's probably cool. going to celebration, so I'm going to see if maybe he will report back to us on all the fun he's having. Oh, I hope he does. I'd love I to hear it. To. I need to get a hold of him and get him on the show because I really would like to talk about the 501st and all the wonderful charity things they do. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of other Star Wars fan clubs and everything that do a lot of different things that I really would love to talk to him about. So it's going to be fun. So be looking that on a future episode. I need to I need to make contact with him. I'd like to maybe talk to him by next week because celebration is coming up fast. Very quickly, less than two months away. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, next bit of news. Bob, I, and I hope I'm going to say his name right. I have butchered so many names on this show, but it looks like Chapek. That's it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Absolutely. <laughs> Bob Chapek. Now, he used to be head of Disney Consumer Products, but he has now been named chairman of Disney Parks and Resorts, and this is replacing Tom Staggs, who recently became the CEO of Walt Disney and is expected eventually to replace Bob Iger in 2018. Of course, now that always begs the question to me, because Bob Iger has had some other times he thought, okay, well, I, you know, I should probably step down, but then he's like, no, I don't want to. So I'm wondering, 2018, is Bob Iger really going to leave the company, or is he going to stay on? I mean, he's been really great for the Disney company. I mean, under his leadership, you know, you've, they've obtained Marvel and Lucasfilm, and uh, really, he's he's done a lot of great things with the company, and I'll kind of be sad to see him go. I think he's done a great job on uh I hope. I think overall, I think you're right. Yeah, he's been a great asset to the company. He's been a wonderful guy. So I, I hope he sticks around. But if he leaves, you know, we'll just you know pat him on the back, give him a big hug, and say thank you, and see what Tom Staggs does under under his leadership. I'm sure it'll be also a great thing because he's done some good stuff over there with the uh, being you know he was the chairman of Disney Parks and Resorts, and there's been a lot of good growth in the Disney parks. Although yes. I think they are looking across the street over there at Universal and seeing what Universal is doing and saying, you know what. Universal stepping up, we'll have to show them what, what we do on the Disney side of the street. So That would be great. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Waiting to see what we hear from Star Wars. Star Wars, and I still want some Tron rides. That would be... Well, you almost have one there in Disney World with what they did with Test Drive. It is very Tron-like. Test Drive? Test Drive has been completely refurbished. They did this... Oh, has it really? I haven't been, been on it for a while. Let's see. When was, when was this about... Oh... 
Wow, I forgot how many years ago, but it's been a, a it's been a few years now. Well, I've been on test drive since '08. Wow. Well, they they've updated it to make it uh, in the beginning of test drive now, and I haven't gotten to ride the new version. But you get to go in and you design your car in a computer that you're nice. going to test, and then you're supposed to be going inside the computer to test your car, and so it's very, very Tron right now. You, yes. yes. And they, they don't call it a Tron ride, but it looks a lot like Tron. And uh, if you're a fan of Inside the Magic with Ricky Briganti, he actually made a Tron kind of soundtrack to listen to when you ride Test Drive. Totally test cool. Track. So, yeah, very cool. I'm sure you can dig that up on InsideTheMagic.net. Now I'm plugging somebody else's podcast again. So Ricky doesn't need any plugs from me. He's doing very well on his own. <laughs> Oh, but it's always good to plug what you like. Sure, and I have very much enjoyed his show for quite a few years now. But here's something that uh, I almost think this is a rumor because I, I didn't hear it on an official site. It was on, a, I guess, a fan site, but I'm going to go ahead and report on this. But it, in Walt Disney World, Pirates of the Caribbean is scheduled to close. Uh, it's supposed to begin around May 11th and run through September 25th. And... Uh, going to reopen September 26th of 2015. Apparently they have had a few system issues that's going to need a lengthy closure. Some of them with the animatronics, uh, the audio is having some problems and things like that. And also I guess some of the boats have been taking on water. Ooh, you don't like that in that ride. <laughs> yeah, you, you, it's not a good idea to be sunk in the middle of the pirate battle, you know. <laughs> no, no. So it sounds like there, it seems very likely that this is going to be happening, but I have not heard uh, any word from Disney specifically about that. So I'm going to take that as a great grain of salt. Now, if they were saying this was happening in Disneyland, I'd say, no, they wouldn't close it in May because that's when they're kicking off the Diamond Celebration. They wouldn't want to close it then. They that's right. Close it, would, before. it would have already been closed and fixed. Yeah, right now Disneyland is half of the park is pretty much closed and re- being refurbished. And it's going to be awesome when it reopens. So yeah, if you're going to sell, well, I guess the celebration happens in April. April. So it'll yeah. be right before they start reopening everything. So it might not be that much fun to go to Disney. Well, it's always going to be fun to go to Disneyland, but a lot of things might still be closed at right. the time. But boy, after May, if, if I can find a way to swing it, I am going to find a way to get out there to that Diamond Celebration. It's going to be very crowded, but it'll be so cool. That's okay when it's crowded. Sometimes crowds are okay, and when everybody's really excited and having a good time, that's the time. Yeah. The only problem I have is my wife is very introverted, and she does not do well with crowds. Ah. Uh, uh. Which I have been thinking it would be an interesting time. I need to track down some people, and I want to get a panel of people who have an introvert in their family and how they you know, bring them into a Disney park and make sure that they enjoy themselves as well and to where it doesn't overwhelm them with too much crowd. That would be a great show. That should be a great show. I've been thinking about that. I just don't know how I'm going to find them. I think I'm going to go through a Disney fan group. So if you happen to be an introvert, anyone out there listening, if you're an introvert or you have an introvert in your family and you're all Disney fans and you'd like to be part of that, please let me know. Podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com I do plan on hitting like the Disney Dorks group on Facebook, which there's a lot of people in there. It's a lot of fun in that group if you're a Disney fan, so I recommend joining it. But I've been thinking, if I ask in there, hey, how many introverts are out there that might be willing to talk about how you handle the park if you're, you know, can only handle so much crowd time? I figure as long as you have a chance to decompress, maybe go back to your resort and, you know, take a little nap or something, it might work out. But yeah, some good travel tips would be awesome. That does sound good. Mm-hmm. I now, love going to Disney parks, though. I'm oh, excited yeah. to go to Disneyland. Oh, That'll yeah. be fun. And now we'll move on to some Marvel movie news. In America, throws his mighty shield. All those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white 
It has been confirmed that Haley Atwell, also known to you as Agent Peggy Carter, and I'm sure you've probably oh, yes. been watching this show. Love it. Love yes. it. Yes. Uh, in fact, golly, I think the final episode is airing right now as we record. Right now. So I'm yes, DVRing right now. it. I'm going to watch later. I'll be catching it in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. So will I, because you know, I'm on my, my three days off here now. Uh, so, And then Anthony Mackie, who played Sam Wilson, better known as The Falcon. Nice. And, uh, and he was excellent. I love... I loved how he did it. He did a great job on your left. And Idris Elba, who's been playing Heimdall in the Thor movies. But they're all going to appear in the Avengers Age of Ultron. And we know this because their names have been spotted on this newly released poster for the film. Have you gotten a chance to see this poster? I have not seen this poster. Oh, I don't know if I saved a copy. I should send it to you. It's, it's, well, of course, some people say, well, it doesn't look like they put a whole lot of effort into it. But it's very cool. It has the Avengers kind of standing around in ready poses. And it's almost like a vortex swirling of uh, Ultron's minions are just swirling around them. Oh, this is going to be a great movie. Oh, yes. I'm so excited for this. I'm, I'm well, considering that I do have a gap, but I'd say I'm almost as, as excited for this new Avengers movie as I am for a new Star Wars. But I got time. So I, I got really time do like excited. the Avengers movies. Yes, I do. So I'm going to go through, and after I'm done, what I, I'll be excited for Avengers. I'll see Avengers. I'll love it. And then I can chill and then start getting really super excited for the new Star Wars. Yes. So I can balance my year out. And there's a lot of months between May and December. Yes, and in that time, I do have a Pixar movie to keep me entertained. What's coming out in Pixar? Inside Out. There's a really great little kind of preview that's... Well, it's, I don't think it shows as much as uh, previous teasers that have been put out there. But with Big Hero 6, I did kind of watch some of the extras. And there's a pretty nice little preview for Inside Out. Basically, uh, did you ever see the old show Herman's Head? Yes. Consider it like that. Except for Inside the Head, you have all these different fun little critters that are each one of them is various emotions. Oh, that sounds really cool. So, yeah, you're going to see these characters, uh, and your main character is this little girl and everything, and as she goes through whatever type of adventure, she has, you're going to get to cut inside to her head and have her emotions that are, you know, working things out. So should be a lot of fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Oh, I wonder who all's involved. You know what? Wow. I'm not sure. I'll be, we'll, we'll, we'll be watching for this. When's it come out? This summer? This summer, I'm not sure of the specific dates, and I don't think even the preview that was on the Big Hero 6 Blu-ray even said the specific dates. Oh, wow. Wow. They just like teasing me. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, some interesting Disney news that I forgot to mention, and speaking of Pixar, I, I just realized he was standing here right here on my desk. I have a Mike Wazowski. Um, well, Mike Wazowski? Yeah. Well, he's a spoon, really, but you, you get to fold the spoon part down from behind his back. This came in. Uh, a Kellogg cereal box. This is the same ones they did the storybook boxes pre- previously, and I have a few of them still. I need to enter the codes, but they were doing a giveaway for a trip to a Disney park. Ah! And now they've started putting out boxes of having there's an Elsa, a Nemo, and Mike Wazowski spoon. And th- this is pretty good size here. Uh, it's enough to where the spoon part, like I said, it does kind of rotate. You can put it behind the back and then it's got enough feet where I can actually stand it up here on my desk so I'm not actually going to use the spoon I'm just going to set it right here and it can sit on my desk and Mike Wazowski can stare at me with his one eye (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so everybody go buy some Kellogg's hey that should be your next cereal for because March is coming up you got to pick a Kellogg's cereal so everybody can get their spoon 
That's a good idea. That's oh, yes. a really good idea. Half the fun of cereals is the prize. Right. I finally found out how to get the prize first thing. Open the bottom of the box. <laughs> well, this was Why actually... did I never figure that out before? <laughs> this was conveniently they they stuck it on the uh, the inside of the side of the box near the top. So as soon as I popped open the cardboard, it was right there. So I just popped it out of there. I guess they were thinking, oh, look, here's your spoon. Now you can eat your cereal with your spoon. Oh, that's a great idea. Although I do recommend washing it first if you plan on eating with it. But uh, I don't plan on eating with it. I just think it's fun to have. It sounds great. Sounds great. I've got a bunch of lightsaber spoons. Yeah, I had a bunch of those from before, and I don't know what happened to them. I think when I got married, I lost them somewhere in the move. That does happen sometimes. <laughs> it was so sad. I loved having them because it was great. They lit up. Oh, yes. Those are so cool. Very cool. Very cool. All right. And speaking of oddball Disney news... Photos were taken by South Carolina police arresting Elsa, you know, from Frozen, uh, blamed for the cold snap. And it's all a joke. Uh, they were working with an actress named Courtney Faisley, or Fazley. I think it's Faisley. Uh, but she dresses as the Snow Queen for children's parties. Uh, now, here's the oh, fun part. Wow. Okay, this joke started in Kentucky. Isn't Kentucky about where you're at? Uh, no, not anymore. I grew up there. Ah. I left because of the snow. <laughs> no, for real, we were talking about this at dinner. <laughs> this is hilarious. She's she's one of the most wanted, I think, in Kentucky uh, because of the cold, cold, extreme cold weather for, you know, February. It's not like it's winter or anything. But, uh, no, I'm in lower Alabama. I'm actually almost on the border of Florida. Ah, so hopefully you get a little bit nicer weather. Being closer. Uh, it's been kind of cold, colder than normal, but certainly not snowing. <laughs> You want some of our snow? I've got plenty. No, no, no. You you can keep it up there. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I don't remember if it was last year or a couple years ago, I actually got the Elsa Infinity figure, and we'd gotten a bunch of snow here in Kansas City, and I just went on to, onto the balcony, and I put Elsa out there, because the figure is posed in just a, such a way with her hand out like she's doing stuff, and so. Oh, that's great. Snowing, I took a picture of the Disney Infinity figure, and I put it on Facebook and said, cut it out, Elsa! That's awesome. That's awesome. But this was so much. This is a lot of fun. Whenever you can do things like this, yes, it's tons of fun because you, you got to have a little bit of fun. And personally, being a Marvel fan, I'd also like to have seen somebody dressed as Iceman out there doing. Yes, <laughs> yes. We're talking about a great cartoon show. Oh, yes. Amazing Spider-Man and his super friend. No, his friends. Spider-Man and his amazing. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. That was it. Yeah. Yes, great cartoon. And I do plan on actually doing an episode uh, of all featuring all the Spider-Man animation, but uh, oh, yeah. I want to work out some details. With Saturday Morning Rewind, I think they're making some plans to talk to some of the cast and that. They did oh, mention great. to me, like, hey, would you like to come on the show? So uh, I might go over and talk to that. That would Saturday be cool. Rewind. So keep your eyes open or keep your ears open either way. I will announce if something happens. I'm still waiting to hear back on that. So they I tell you what, Tim Nidell over there at Saturday Morning Rewind is really good at getting all these voice actors on. And if he finds a way to get like the original voice actors from the old you know, Amazing Friends cartoon or yes. even gets a chance to talk to um, – oh, and his, his name just went out of my head. Who, but the guy who did the voice in the 90s series who also was the voice of Prince Eric and the Little Mermaid uh, and played Greg Brady in the live-action Brady Bunch movies uh, – and I forgot his name altogether. That's terrible of me. What? You're <sighs> kidding me. I forgot his name. Wait a second. Now, you, now, you're saying... Uh, who... who what? That's... Oh! You're looking I, this up now. Yeah, but Prince Eric from The Little Mermaid. 
Prince Eric, yes. Played that's what Greg I was Brady in the live-action Brady Bunch movies, and then was also the voice of Spider-Man in the 90s Spider-Man animated series. Really? Christopher now, Daniel my, Barnes. They Christopher Daniel Barnes. I figured my daughter would know who Prince Eric was. And I would love to get him onto the show sometime, too. I want to talk to all these voice actors who, who played Spider-Man, just because I'm a Spider-Man fanatic. I, uh, I used to... Uh, mow grass down in lower alabama or no i'm sorry south mississippi uh that used to be my day job and uh, i was cutting grass uh, i had these three houses right in a row and i'm cutting one day and the guy walks out and he just starts talking to us and and we talked for a while and he said by the way i drive uh, i draw spectacular spider-man <gasps> i was like what is, you're just living in hattiesburg he said you can live anywhere and draw comic books <laughs> so it was really cool that was it was 1996 summer in 96 because at 97 when star wars was re-released we were standing in line together wow. so it was really cool to uh you know have that that fandom you know yeah. relationship already that was really cool it's like i love you already because you love spider-man yeah because you're drawing spider-man you're drawing it. oh my goodness incredible wow. Uh, but okay, now we have a little bit of sad news, or at least worrying news. Uh, Leonard Nimoy was hospitalized over the weekend for chest pains, uh, and he does have chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which he's basically he has said it's due to years of smoking. Now, I haven't heard any word on his condition or anything, or if he's come out of the hospital since then, but I will take this as a good reminder don't smoke, kids. That's right, even though uh, Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> uh, did smoke, and Leonard Nimoy sang a little bit of a ditty about him. Uh, oh, yes. Not good for you. Yeah, don't make me break out that song again, because I have it on file. I love that song. <laughs> I love that song. The it Ballad kind of, of Bilbo Baggins. It is a fun little tune, but I, my wife, just I think she hates it, because I, I, I did it, played it on a show for her, and uh, she listened to it. I was like, this is awful. I said, no, this is Spock. It's not awful. It's Spock. That just makes and, it cool. It's fantastic, and I don't know what kind of an instrument that is, it, whether it's like a contrabass or a baritone sax. It's just, it's just, uh, it is definitely the 60s. Oh, yes, it definitely is. But we'll definitely say, get werewolf soon, Leonard Nimoy, although I'm pretty sure you're not listening to my show. But, boy, if it turns out he listens to my show, I'm, I'm that I have hit the mark. That is yeah. my status now. Leonard Nimoy. Watch for the tweets this week. <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. Alright, but now let's move on to some new content. To Disney and beyond. Alrighty, 
we're going to kind of branch away from Disney, but yet there is a Disney connection, which I'm going to just dazzle everybody with. Oh, you, 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 you've dazzled me already this show. I dazzle a lot of people. I am dust. a dazzler. Say what? <laughs> just that pixie dust. That's right. I blow enough pixie dust in their eyes and no one can tell that I'm actually some little nerdy guy sitting in front of a computer. I'm just, I've just become the pan. But, uh, okay, I'm sure you're going to remember this. Because really, you know, before Star Wars, there wasn't really a, a big action figure market. Or it just really didn't exist. Star right. Wars changed everything. But the company, of course, who got to ha- you know be the big seller of these figures was Kenner. Kenner, which, they they were lucky that Mego turned it down. Oh yeah, which unfortunately Kenner really isn't in business anymore. I think they were actually bought by another company, but they were bought by did. Hasbro, I believe. Ah, uh, yep, and I think you're right. Uh, well, Kenner, you know they 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 were really competitive. You know by having Star Wars toys, I mean of course you're automatically going to sell stuff. But as you got past Return of the Jedi, had been out for a couple of years. Suddenly, now some new toys were coming. I mean, there was GI Joe, and then there were yes. Transformers. So, what's Kenner to do? Make a mixture of, of GI Joe and Star Wars. That's what they do. And yes. They came out with Mask Mobile Armored Strike Command. Now, this this cartoon was obviously made just for the toys, right? The toys are awesome. In fact, I'm holding my Thunderhawk right now while we're talking. Now, which one was Thunderhawk? Was that Thunderhawk the is the the Camaro, yeah, that that you press a button and the wings pop up, the uh, spoiler pops up, it's got engines coming out the back, he's got a couple of bombs that release underneath it, it's Matt Tracker's Camario, <laughs> and it's awesome. The only thing that ever bugged, well, now it bugs me, but when I was a kid, you know, you don't think about this, but as an adult, I look at this and I'm thinking, don't they have a thing about, you know air pressure when when a jet gets up into the air and so he's got both of his car doors open that have converted to wings so how does he control the air pressure and not get sucked out um well it's got seat belts well sure (laughs) yeah that's what it is i always thought that was interesting because yeah he's just open air in that thing and you wouldn't think a car would be that aerodynamic but we saw it happen on the cartoon we know that thing has it can fly it can fly. It can fly. Well, you know, even on the toy, after you pop the the, the doors, the gull wing doors up, it's got little sliders that pop out so that the wings are actually longer. Yeah. Uh, were, Very were effective. A couple, missile, a couple of missiles on the ends of that, too? Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's an exciting vehicle. Yeah, the, the, the weird thing, and this, this is my weird, insane brain, I suppose, I always was wondering, like, especially when we got to Back to the Future 2, but a DeLorean... Because it's, it's, you know, doors open up that way. I always thought it'd be cool if the DeLorean would pop up and have wings when the doors would open. Yes. That would have been so cool. Yes. that's. I mean, it was made for flying. Yes. I even had some little Hot Wheels that had some doors that popped up like that. So I was like, oh, dude, this car can fly. I can see the doors pop up their wings. Exactly. And they're called gullwing doors. Yes. I mean, it's intended to fly. It's intended Definitely. to fly. Definitely. Did you have any of these toys? Uh, I... I don't think I had any of the toys, but I remember uh, some friends of mine had quite the collection. I remember we had, uh, or they had, sorry, the, um, I'm trying to think of the name of it, but uh, it was the motorcycle. Okay, that, which uh, motorcycle? converted to a helicopter. It was a green Okay, motorcycle. that's Condor. 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 That was the first one I got. That was the first mass toy I got. Uh, and I'm trying to, uh, I've got this all listed out here. I just have to dig through my list on who all flew each one. 
Yeah, that was uh, Brad... Uh, Brad Chopper Turner. Yes. He was the, also a rock and roller. Rock and roller. That was one of the funny things about the cartoon is when Matt Tracker would, would signal everybody's watch to say, we've got a mission. You'd see all the different people who was calling the mission busy doing whatever. And this guy would be playing a rock concert. And I'm playing his guitar. Suddenly look at his watch. Oh, sorry, got to go. And drop his guitar and take off. And everybody's like, wait a minute, what's going on? Uh, he was too cool for school, man. He was so far beyond everyone else. You know, now everybody's dropped the mic. Drop the mic. No, not Brad Turner. Drop the guitar and go, man. <laughs> and don't explain a thing to anyone on where That's you're right. going. Or Hondo, man. He's a school teacher, and he just walks out of the classroom. It's the greatest. Uh, I remember. And the kids are all looking at him like, uh, what do we do now? <laughs> I don't remember which character it was, but I remember, I think it's like the first episode that the guy is actually in a pizzeria and he's twirling the pizza dough and spinning it around and then, well, gets the call, runs off and lets the pizza drop right on his boss. <laughs> yeah, I think that was Buddy Hawks. I think it was. <laughs> I remember that one, though. That was great. Oh, that was part of what made the show fun is just watching everybody get called to duty and abandoning what they do you to know, go it, run off. It had the perfect formula. You know, every episode has the exact same layout. Uh, you're introduced to, to the problem. Venom, obviously, is going to be the problem. What, by the way, what did Venom stand for? Um, I believe I have that written down Vicious somewhere. Evil Network of Mayhem. There, you have yes. it written down right here. Yes. Vi- vicious and evil. You know these guys are really bad if they're going <laughs> to use both of those terms for their name. They know they're mean. They know they're bad. Vicious, they're vicious and evil. Evil. And they are a network, network of, mayhem. of mayhem. Yes. Which I love that the, the leader's name was Mayhem. Miles, Miles mayhem. mayhem. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, but you know, they're, they're up to something. We find out what it is. And then Matt calls into the computer or goes to the computer in the, in the first few episodes and find which mask agents would be well suited to this job. Now, if, if Matt has anybody with him already, they get pre-selected. Mm-hmm. They're already, they don't have to get the phone call on the, on the wristwatch. But everybody else gets called on the wristwatch. They go get their masks, and then they sh- they're going to show up. And yeah. then you, this happens every single time. But uh, every time, it, it gives you like this blueprint, uh, computerized vision of who the person is, what their vehicle is, uh-huh. and what their specialties are. Right. It's like a toy commercial right there. <laughs> yes. Here's the figure you want. Here's what the vehicle they drive. Go get it. <laughs> yes. By the way, have you noticed? He's driving a different vehicle now. So yeah. you can forget the old one because you need the new one. Yes, you have to get the new one. And I love the fact that they'd all meet together. He'd give them the mission. They'd sit around their round table, and then they'd have this big, weird mechanical thing that would like energize their masks and then lower the masks down onto their heads. You know, that was the one thing that disappointed me the most. When I when I got into my Boulder Hill toy, it didn't have that. Oh, it's, there is no round room and and no 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 thing that brings the masks down. That was very disappointing. Yeah, because that would have been really cool. That would have been really cool. I mean, yeah. that was that was a good minute and a half of the show right there. <laughs> yeah. Now, for anyone who doesn't recall off the top of their hand, uh, describe Boulder Hill. Boulder Hill is a gas station built into the side of a hill. And I think they were in the Southwest. Yeah. Um, and, and actually on the toy, it had a boulder up on top that would pop off whenever you transformed the gas station into a fortress. And, and the garage area would sweep out and have this big shield around it. And the, the convenience store would flip down. And it had a, a, a shield there. And, and the gas pumps 
flipped up, they had cannons, and, and out the top of the hill where the boulder fell down was another cannon, so you're prepared for, for Venom to come and show up. Which, the the comedy part of that is that the gas pumps, yes, were turning into cannons, and I'm thinking, that's a lot of firepower to have next to your gas pumps, because it would be a working gas station on the cartoon. They could actually, oh no, we're just, you know, working a gas station here, nothing to see here. Yes. So it's like, wouldn't you accidentally blow yourself up? <laughs> well, there, there's, well, there's, there's, you know, it's kind of like whenever they just drop stuff to leave. <laughs> he, uh, Buddy Hayes would would just not Buddy Hayes. Does uh, Buddy 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 worked at the gas station? Buddy Hawks, Buddy Hawks. Yeah, he he sometimes he'd just leave something running at, at, at Boulder Hill and just <laughs> go on to work, uh, or or he would leave a car being repaired and and go and and uh, you know tell people sorry, gotta go. <laughs> you know, he'd be halfway through an oil change. All yeah. kinds of dangerous stuff going on there. And no one ever seemed to catch on that they were part of this this group. Which the interesting thing is, I don't recall at any point in the cartoon, they explained how Mask got started. All you know is that Matt Tracker is very wealthy. Extremely. Mm-hmm. Man, that dude's a multi-billionaire. Of course, those are the ones who always invent all the cool toys and decide to become crime fighters, I guess. right? Exactly. Somebody kills their parents, you know, and then they vow vengeance, and the next thing you know, they're wearing bad ears. So wait a minute, wrong guy. Wrong kind of I don't know. He's, yeah, he's kind of the same, isn't he? <laughs> well, not same. really. <laughs> At least wealthy and able to build really cool transforming cars. Yeah. And the, this is interesting. Uh, I had to do some digging on this. But, uh, okay. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Marvel had the license for this, which could be a Disney connection. Marvel had the license for it. I had some mass co- comic books, too. Awesome. So I, I was right about that. I couldn't find anything to verify it. But in the comics, they can, because Marvel Ooh, also no, had... no, I am wrong. It was DC. DC did. I believe it was DC. I did have the comics. I don't have them anymore, but I'm... I'm I'm going to take that back. I believe it was DC Comics. Mm, because here, here's the interesting thing. The, it was connected in with G.I. Joe in the comics. Okay, DC thought, had G.I. Wait, no, no. I think Marvel had G.I. Joe. Because uh, G.I. Joe, I believe, was, yes. was that animated through Sunbow? Uh, I, I know the Transformers was, were, were, were brought out through as a Marvel property. but Mask is DC, but there is a crossover with with um, um, G.I. Joe. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a crossover with G.I. Joe. What they had established is that Venom had originally been like a, a research division in Cobra. And they had it set up where actually Miles Mayhem had been working with Matt Tracker with G.I. Joe and was supposed to be creating vehicles and things for G.I. Joe. And then he turned out to be a traitor and joined up and was actually the head of Venom and then split Venom off from Cobra. And then Matt Tracker put together a team that G.I. Joe kind of helped with and created Mask. So they actually gave a backstory in the comic books and they actually did make a G.I. Joe figure of Matt Tracker. Yes. I've been seeing this, and I'd really like to get a hold of one of those. Lost Boy Phil, I was talking to him about this, and he says he actually got one. There was like a G.I. Joe convention. Oh, wow. Wow. Very cool. It is really cool. It's really cool. It pops up on my Amazon page. Awesome. I think that's probably because I had Mask in my uh, wish list for a while. (laughs) Before finally at Christmas, somebody filled your wishes. That's right. Boy, I was so excited to get this series this year. (laughs) 
Yeah, this, uh, it beats the daylight side of my method of getting it where uh, a, a guy I had been working with had had found at a comic convention where someone had transferred the VHS tapes onto a DVD, so it's very bad quality, but he did get me a, call, uh, a copy of them, so I was able to sit and watch some episodes and have some flashback memories, I tell you. They are awesome. They, You know, I, I remember the show. I didn't remember a whole lot of specific episodes, but, it, you know, the music, you cannot forget the music and then it starts opening up and then it's 1980s music my, oh, my, yeah. my mask and it tells you the whole story of of what you're about to see <laughs> yeah so you get the idea you know you, no one knows what lies behind the masquerade my, my, my mask or was it mask charade i think masquerade is correct because they were okay. working overtime fighting crime fighting crime yeah, oh, they, it was it was just it, it's incredible. What an awesome show! And, and now when I'm watching it, I catch every pun, and man, they throw about twenty puns in twenty two minutes every episode, and, and it's like sometimes they're really pushing it, and they even groan, you know, to each other in the show. Uh, if, if no one else is going to do it, T Bob's going to throw out some puns. Oh, T Bob, yes, the frightened robot, which. Oh, and you had to have caught this when you were watching it again because I know you're a fan of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. But oh, yes. there was a mention where T. Bob mentions the only other robot he knows uh, was oh golly, and now it just went out of my head. You know the name of the robot um, from Marvin. Marvin. He mentions knowing Marvin at some point in like the first or second episode. I totally missed that. I caught that. I, I can't remember oh, what that's the conversation awesome. was, but he does mention like oh the only other robot I know was named Marvin, and I was like oh. Oh, how did I miss that? I knew it had to have been the throwback to oh, Hitchhiker's it's, it's Guide. It's got to be. It's got to be. That, because Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was so big right at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. want to hear the old radio shows of that, too. Oh, they are fantastic. I'm sure they're somewhere on the internet. I need to track those down. I'd you can get them on uh, audible.com. Really? I know that. That's where I got them all through audible.com okay but uh, audible no longer sponsors neverland so we won't mention them too much okay sorry <laughs> but they do sponsor techno retro dance they do so if anybody wants to go yeah. to techno retro dance and go through audible.com <laughs> yeah audible trial slash tr dads or audible trial.com slash tr dads there, you, there go. you go go support techno retro dads because if you haven't been listening to their show believe me if you like this show you'd like their show too I think there's a lot of similarities. A lot of similarities. I think, yeah, yeah. You commented to me. It's like, wow, you listening to your show. I've noticed some of the same topics, except for you just covered it at different times. Yeah, yeah. Well, some ways you've beat me to the punch, like talking about Dark Crystal, which I'm going to get to eventually, and stuff like that. But oh, well, we yes. did that very early. I think it was like the third or fourth episode. We did it really <laughs> early. So, well, I beat you to the punch with mask. Woohoo! You sure did. Except for I brought you in, so it's like the same. <laughs> it's like a joint episode. It's a crossover, man. It's a crossover. Which would have been an awesome thing to have in the cartoon is to actually get that crossover going with G.I. Joe. Or yes. Or even Transformers. Well, I mean, all three of them. Might as well. Wait, we already have G.I. Joe and Transformers in mask. Exactly. Because you... And I don't think we've fully explained everything about some of these vehicles, except for we did mention uh, Thundercracker, the car that converted into a, uh, a jet. There and, was and the... Condor, the, the green... Motorcycle that turns into a helicopter. Turns into a helicopter. The only one that I, I really remember that I thought was a little odd was, and I don't remember the name of the vehicle, but Miles Mayhem flew this vehicle. Yes. It, it was a helicopter, and it was Switch really blade. cool. Switchblade. They converted it into a jet, and I'm like, well, it's not much different. He's flying in one, or he's flying in the other. 
yes, but he can fly so much faster in his jet. Sure. Which he usually uses just to get away. <laughs> right. Because as a classic 80s cartoon villain, when he finds overwhelmed, it's run away, run away. Right. Now, the interesting thing, though, is uh, apparently he was he had a lot of vehicles. Uh, he had the outlaw vehicle with a python mask, which was a tanker trucker, which uh, which yes. I guess it was kind of a good match to uh, his mask. I know they did also have a, a diesel truck that converted into kind of a battle station. Right, Very that cool. was Rhino. Yeah, Rhino. Wow, I'm, you're impressive that you remember all these. I have to look. I've, look. I've watched these these <laughs> cartoons for the past two months, man. Since Christmas, I'm I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> and then there's the Venom's Revenge, which is an assault jet pack, and he'd wear the mask called Ripper. I uh, see. That's something I never did catch. Uh, the is that the masks had names themselves, and each mask yes. having the different powers. Because I remember in the theme song that uh, Tracker's going to lead the mission, and Spectrum's got such supervision. Supervision. Now yeah. there's one of your puns. There you because go. Because he's supervising Scott. <laughs> And Spectrum, his mask has supervision. You, you see, everything has a double meaning. <gasps> Wait a second. Just like masks, they're two different people. Exactly. That's why they use so many puns. Yes. I now see the genius of this show. <laughs> but uh, I, when I would... Uh, I've got a collection of cartoon theme songs and stuff that I've, I kind of found on the internet and I've put them together and have them on CDs and stuff like that. But I'd listen to the mask theme song and they'd have that line about, you know, Spectrum having such supervision. And I was trying to think, well, who was Spectrum? I don't remember yeah. anybody named Spectrum, but then it just turned out the name of his mask. E- and right. each figure, each character had, uh, I mean, I'm looking at Miles Mayhem right now. There's five figures of Miles Mayhem, five different vehicles, five different masks. Yes. So they, they have can keep those characters out and just keep spinning them out with different weapons, different vehicles. I mean, really, they just, this is like a marketing genius. It, it really is. It was, it was fantastic. I'm surprised it didn't last longer. Yeah, two years of the show. And that was also the, the heyday of the first series and I guess a second series of figures. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The first year, they did a couple of series of figures, really. Yeah, and uh, but they kept going a little while after that. But it it was nowhere. Well, I would say it was nowhere as popular. But I was also uh, starting to get into comic books and uh, eventually driving around this time. So I was uh, <laughs> not not putting so much money into plastic. <laughs> well, I was only about seven years old, so I wasn't driving anywhere. <laughs> well, I wasn't yet. Just just as at, at, right after mask right now. So. <laughs> But yeah, I was I was the perfect age for this sort of thing. But it's just uh, I grew up poor, so I didn't get every toy I wanted. But if my friends had them, I got a chance to play. Oh, and I, okay, I got to share this one. And you might remember the name of this vehicle and who the driver was. I I couldn't remember. Although I think it was uh, something Brad Chopper Turner. Because uh, yes, you know, a red and white for Thunderbird. St- no, that's a stock car. Um, oh, oh, I don't remember who 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 had the uh, a red and white car. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, that's. I'm looking at the wrong one. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Hondo Striker McLean. Here's the vehicle. Oh, yeah. Hurricane. He was wearing the blaster, too, but it was a turquoise 1957 Chevy, which turned, turned into a six wheeled attack tank. First show appearance, episode 29, uses the improved Blaster 2 mask. Yes. Uh, Hondo was given Hurricane when Firecracker was destroyed in this series. However, Firecracker was shown to be fixed in episode 63, at which point Hondo and Buddy had separate vehicles. In some episodes, Hurricane was referred to as Night Stalker. Okay, so now you had this Ooh. 1957 Chevy, and the toy, it would, it would boing, it would pop up. And it was, this was the 6 wheel yes. track. Now, here's what we used to do with this toy. 
my neighbor, uh, you know, is a friend of mine. Uh, their house was set up to where, okay, you'd, you'd have the front door and there's a, a porch. You'd come down a short flight of stairs and then you took a 90 degree turn and then you'd have to go there across from one side of the yard pretty much to the other, a sidewalk with occasional stairs. So there'd be like, you know, a couple of concrete bits and then a step down and then a step down. And then finally, as you got to the driveway, there was about four steps right there directly. And then it, you know, hooked around some bushes and into the driveway. So you had mm-hmm. to cross through the front yard and you had, you know, this stair-stepping kind of concrete and then along the side of it there was uh kind of a wood block kind of block you know i don't know how else to explain it there was but they had some bushes on the opposite side of it but they had these wood kind of uh, like posts going along that side so you had this long kind of road pretty much so we decided we we came up (laughs) with this concept of a game we just called it thunder road nice (laughs) what we would do is we set up we put, I guess, some sticks and things and some rocks on the road, and we had some, like, army guys positioned up on the, the walls that were supposed to shoot at you, and we would push the uh, the vehicle, you know, just letting it go, just pushing it down across and drop, and having it drop these stairs, because normally, you know, the springs on it, you know, one good bump would cause the, uh, the, the to convert to the attack. Right, point. exactly. So the goal was to make it all the way down Thunder Road without it springing. We figured if it springs, that's you exploding. Oh, I so, thought you were doing it so he would go off. But the idea is to try to keep him from it. Try to keep it from it. So it'd be like you're just trying to drive down. And we would pretend, of course, the army guys were shooting. You know? Yes. <laughs> so we would try to. So you'd be real careful. You'd try to finesse it because any one of those bumps, you hit something, boing. So we'd try to just push it as straight as we could. And so you, 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 you'd try to want to – we always want to try to beat our previous time. So you'd want to try to give it a push and push it really fast to see if you can get it down to the very end before something happened. But if you go too fast, it might come off one of them steps just a little too hard, you know, on point. <laughs> wow. Wow. See, these the, – the toys were – you could invent all kinds of games with toys. <laughs> yeah. They were fantastic. <laughs> And that was one of the easiest vehicles to convert. I mean, I remember the uh, – uh, I forgot the name of the the vehicle now. It was Miles Mayhem's uh, chopper to plane. Switchblade. That, switchblade. Boy, that yep. one was complicated. I had a hard time. I remember with that one, a friend of mine had that one, and I could never quite get the conversion complete. Yeah, and you know, and some of the cool things about that one, though, you, you could press a, a button and, and it would spin the rotors. Yeah, that's always fun too. Whenever you've got some of those action features, whenever they're they're, yeah. I think Condor had that as well, didn't it? Uh, I don't remember. I thought I just spun it with my finger, but I could be wrong. I see. I don't recall because I remember uh, that conversion was fairly simple. The major point yeah. of that is you'd take like a the stripes off the back of the motorcycle and and uh, click them into place upward, and then you know pull the blades off of it, and then they had like a dual blade. It was pretty simple conversion. Yeah, it just kind of flipped around, and, and you flipped up the back wheel, and it was the, the tail rotor. Right. I almost forgot about that back wheel. That, yeah. was, that one was very simple, but not near as simple as, uh, I believe, it was Dusty who drove a Jeep. Gator. Gator, who just popped a boat out of the middle. Just That's whoop. right. You press a button, it opens up, and the boat shoots out. That was the easiest <laughs> one. Yep. That is instant bath toy, so that's good marketing, right? Yes. There. Excellent. <laughs> Came with a... Uh, Came with a depth charge right. and a, a water gun. Only it didn't really shoot water, but uh, during the, the cartoon, it would shoot water. Yeah, I kind of wondered in the cartoon how many different weapons they actually created that were not actually part of the toy, but 
but you know, it just made sense in the cartoon to have all these different lasers that would pop out of their headlights and stuff like that. And so they'd be shooting each other down, going through all these desert roads and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yes, because you would come see the laser rays on your way. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, for so many great weapons. That was the the great thing about the cartoon is because you're dealing with vehicles that are supposed to be hiding all these weapons and all these cool features. Anything that they really needed to help continue the story, they could come up with that it had, like antimatter rays and sonic stuff, just crazy things suddenly right. just pop up. Well, you know, and, and some of them, I wonder why they didn't use them more often. Like Alex Sector had the, the jackrabbit helmet. He could fly with that thing. <laughs> he, could, he could always just, you know, between Sector and, and Bruce Sato you just fly around all the time because Bruce had lifter so he could make anyone fly <laughs> you know it would shoot out of his eyes you know yeah. remember that and it, it created would, an anti-gravity field exactly exactly now I forget whose whose mask made things small um I think it was uh ooh no it wasn't Jacques Lafleur uh cause he made things he made a mirage with things I, I don't know I thought he did I thought he had like a shrinking ray. Somebody had a shrinking ray on their mask, and uh, uh, they could change anything. Oh, Gulliver! It was the Gulliver mask. Calhoun Burns, um, and he drove the Raven, which uh, oh, Black I think Chevrolet was a Corvette turns into yes. a seaplane and submarine. But he could shrink things, or I guess make them big again, makes which would be so very handy. Being called <laughs> Gulliver makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. this is interesting. They did give him a second vehicle called the Arctic Assault. That's which an armed jetpack was released only in Europe. Really? I don't remember. Oh, that's why I don't remember it. I wasn't in Europe. Europe. Now, why exactly. would they have stuff specifically to Europe that they wouldn't release in the States? I, I don't know. That's maybe, so maybe it was becoming more popular in Europe than in the States. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. some listeners can remember that from Europe. Uh, it might be American parents that are saying, he's wearing a jetpack. You're going to encourage my kid to put on his backpack and jump off the roof. <laughs> Never did that. <laughs> Never did that one either, but I bet that's probably what some parents they were worried about. It wouldn't surprise me. I had I had parents that were paranoid of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, you know, some it's, strange they're things. pretty scary. Yeah. Mutant Turtles. Yeah. And teenagers are pretty scary, too. Yeah. I guess they were afraid I was going to start liking pizza. Yeah, that, yeah. like that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I actually just ate pizza for lunch and dinner, though, today. Now that wow. I about it, wow. So. I probably had too much pizza for a diabetic to have, but I like pizza. Their fears are realized. I hope they don't listen to the show. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> okay, just checking. Just checking. Yes. They probably thought, you know, because I was watching Mask, I was going to try to convert my car into something and maybe maybe find a way to make my car fly. That would be great. That would be awesome. I have no idea how you how you control that with a steering wheel, but I would I would imagine it works somewhat like the old Star Wars arcade game because you could turn it, yes. you know, and then just lift the things back and forth. Exactly. That's the way I was thinking that had to fly. Is his steering wheel must be converting to where he could you know pilot that thing. Oh. and he could do some pretty good you know maneuvering. He could outmaneuver you know uh, Tom Cruise and Top Gun in that car. I have no doubt. And he could go below the hard deck and just immediately just start rolling, man. That's right. In a car that is the not very aerodynamic. Exactly. 
And that's why we love the show. It was completely ridiculous, but yet so cool. But I think somewhere in my... And as a kid, I was thinking they were like some elite spy group or something. And then I get it as an adult. I watch it. And I'm like, no, there's no mention of that at all. They're just... Here they are. And when somebody needs help, well, they'll we'll show up to help. Because probably the reason why you need help is Venom has done something. And Venom was always after some weird scientific or mythological object that was going to give them the power to, to conquer the world. Yes, you know, that, that's another really cool thing because here they are in the Southwest. This is where they begin. But they end up all over the world before the show is over. And Venom is always, the same three or four people are always the ones behind it. Yep. Every <laughs> single time. But you got to learn about the Mayans, about the Incas. You got to learn about Egypt. You got to learn about uh, Greece. You, you, had to, you, you got to find about, out about all kinds of other cultures. So yeah. it was a... It was an interesting show. As a matter of fact, they uh, were a very interracial show. Yeah, it you was. All kinds of different uh, ethnic groups as the heroes. Even though it was a little stereotypical ethnic where they had... Uh, oh, just... Well, yeah. Uh, I forgot which what the name of the character was. Uh, the uh, East Asian uh, character. Yeah. Bruce Sato. He was, but he always had some Confucius saying. Yes, that's he all was he ever kind of said. a walking uh, fortune cookie. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> but he was great. But he was really cool. You had to love him. And and the British guy had uh, pet shop. Maybe is that what it was? <laughs> I think so. Because he at least called, worked with animals all the time. Yeah, he'd be called into action. He'd be the one who'd be washing a dog, and all of a sudden, yes. abandon the dog in the bath and then run off. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which is still the greatest part of the show is watching them run away from whatever they were doing. <laughs> Man, I'm having a really slow day at work today. Yes, Matt's calling. Right, Time I'm going to go risk my life in a car that converts into some, some ridiculous, amazing thing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And, of course, I I don't know how Matt Tracker was able to adopt uh, his son. What was the name? Scott Tracker? Because he's well, supposed I, to be adopted. I just Oh, is he supposed to be adopted? Yeah, he's supposed to be adopted. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, because you see the description of Scott Tracker, the adopted son of Matt Tracker. His father raised him alone. He has great ma- mechanical skills and is always upgrading T-Bob with some new function. And now, he's always in trouble exactly. right before the commercial break. Exactly. Every single episode. Which is why, why is it not some sort of adoption agency or state looking at this and saying, your son is always in danger? 1985, man. <laughs> 1985. <laughs> Because he was Scott was he reminded me a lot of Penny from Inspector Gadget. Dun, 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 dun. Yep, exactly. She was always getting in there. But of course, she was the one who was really solving the crimes anyway. But Scott, she had a dog instead of a, a, a droid, right? But uh, Scott was always in there, and somehow or another, though, he would do something helpful every once in a while. Yes, which is weird. But, well, you know, he he's he's kind of a smart kid, but he would. Uh, Tinker with T Bob right. and get T Bob working correctly or or have him fish again. Oh <laughs> it was something about <laughs> said something about, you know, I catch your angle. Time for you to go fishing again. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Time to, to, to get you fishing again, T Bob. I get your oh, angle. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. Can't we just stay home this time? Wow, you do a really good tea, Bob. <laughs> well, all you have to do is just high and raise your voice a little bit and then waver it a little bit. Oh, do we really have to go this time? I think we should just stay home like your dad says. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. 
<laughs> Scott's always in trouble. He is almost the lowest lane of the series, though. Uh, not co- okay. Of course, a lot of feminists are going to be like, hey, "No, you shouldn't always have the damsel in distress." But at, in the early days of Lois Lane, it was she would she would get in too far in something, get into trouble, and Superman and have to come bail her out. Okay, sure. That's and the Scott way that, Tracker, that's same thing. He was, it seemed every episode somehow or another Scott, and even if Scott was just minding his own business, going with his friend, a Native American friend, they're off going fishing. Yes, things, and they get kidnapped by Venom because the they have this little artifact thing that that uh, Scott was actually just received from his friend because you are my friend. Here's this artifact, but it turns out this artifact will unlock this hidden old Native American city that has this great power object or something. Was it the Arrowhead? Yeah, is that I what it so. was? Yeah, this magic arrowhead that would be the ultimate power. So Scott could be just minding his own business and get into trouble somehow. Well, I think he's probably the most unlucky kid in the world, <laughs> and lucky. Just didn't know when to quit either. He's like, "Come on, Team Bob, they've got a mission. They're going to need my help." <laughs> Team Bob reverse the scooter, and off they go. And most of the first season, boy, don't we ever get to go on a mission? He was on every mission. Yeah. And he's complaining about never getting to go. (laughs) Well, well, to to be fair, Matt would take him with him wherever they were going, and he would tell him to go sightseeing every time. (laughs) Go sightseeing. (laughs) You know, mid-80s, 8 to 12-year-old kid here. Just take your little motorcycle, one-wheeled motorcycle droid, and go sightseeing. (laughs) <laughs> because that's what you do when you're a billionaire. You let your, your child, you know, go off on his own because certainly nobody ever thought, you know what would be a great idea? Hold Matt Tracker's son for ransom. <laughs> Why didn't Miles Mayhem ever try that one? <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. Maybe he didn't realize that was his son. <laughs> oh, I, no, I know what it was. He benefited from the moral at the end of the story. There you go. You know, there's always that. There's the one time where he and Matt and Scott are walking to school or walking to some meeting, and, and they see his friend's going to hitchhike. He says, don't you ever hitchhike. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you never know what kind of a person might pick you up. It might be a child molester. And, and so Scott knew better right. than to be in a bad position. So, yeah. you know, Matt was a good dad. He taught good lessons. Taught good lessons. He taught us all. He did. I've never been hitchhiking, and that's the reason why. <laughs> I remember somebody tried me. to pick me up when I was walking back from Ohio. I, the, the comic book store was in Ohio. I lived in Kentucky. And I just crossed the bridge going back into Kentucky. I'm walking down the road, and some guy tries to pick me up, and I'm like, nope. Spectrum said, don't take rides from strangers. There you go. So I didn't take the ride. <laughs> Thank you, True Matt story. Tracker. True story. There you go. Well, you know, a, a fun little detail. We got to get moving. We're running low on time. But Brennan Thick, who was voice Scott Tracker, was also the voice of Dennis the Menace. Did you ever watch that cartoon, Dennis the Menace? Yes. I was. I thought that was pretty cool. Find I never out that put he was those voices voice. together, though. Yeah, I hadn't really put it together either. It's surprising sometimes when you're like, oh my gosh, really? Uh, but some other interesting voices of uh, of Matt Tracker, of course, and Doug Stone, uh, I, uh, according to uh, Wikipedia, voiced a few other characters on Mask. But he Stone, did several other characters on Mask. He, here's some Disney connection, was an, some additional voices in Lilo and Stitch. And then later, he played Ensign Getco in Leroy and Stitch. Now, I didn't see Leroy and Stitch because a lot of the straight-to-DVD ones are not really worth watching. 
although I have occasionally seen one on Netflix and thought, oh, let's go for it, and then I'm disappointed later. Uh, But also, for all you video game players, he was Psycho Mantis in Metal Gear Solid, uh, also known as Metal Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes, when they re-released it onto the GameCube. Ah, very cool. Yes, very cool. The the coolest thing about Psycho Mantis is that he would read your memory card, and if you had any Konami games on there, he would say, oh, you like Castlevania, do you? Oh, really? Oh, it was a great character. He would would mess with you, the gamer, because he was reading your mind, and he'd mess with your controller, and they'd have it to where the vibration, he could move your controller around. Uh, Oh, a great character. So I take it you never got to play that one then, huh? No, huh? Oh my goodness, it was great. Although, as I've as I've gotten older, it's very preachy. <laughs> Would it like that? It's uh, you, you really have to probably enjoy anime to really get into a lot of the characters and a lot of the styles. But it's really it's a very cool game. Uh, yeah. But anyways, I digress. Now here is your big Disney connection. Disney connection with mask with mask. Brian George, who voiced Lester Sledge in about ten episodes. Which uh, started he was, his first episode was about the beginning of the second season, which I, okay. I don't know that's on DVD at this point. Unless you've got a uh, Comic Con copy, I bet you have this episode. Uh, but he now is currently you'll find him in the Big Bang Theory as Raj's father, which is not a Disney connection. But here is you a good Disney connection. He was the voice of Kiati Mundi in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Oh, awesome! And it goes further. He played an old prisoner in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, which I think only lasted for about one season. It was one season, yep. Uh, he has also been voicing Captain Barbosa in Disney Infinity, which a lot of Disney games, actually. Uh, the When they did the uh, World's End prior to the Caribbean game, which I don't yes. recommend at all. I played the demo, and it was, it was awful. Uh, but anytime they need Captain Barbosa to pop up, he, he does a, oh my gosh, almost a really good spot on. Uh, voice for Captain Barbosa. I I didn't realize it was somebody different. I thought they'd actually somehow another would convince Jeffrey Rush to come and voice the game. He is that good. Really? Yes. It's and this is Brian George who played uh, Lester Sledge. Oh, he also played Ali Bombay. Ali Bombay. I'm not sure if I remember who he, he was. Uh, also in the second season. Awesome. Only one appearance. Only hmm. one appearance. But uh, he has also done some other Disney games. Uh, did you play the old DuckTales game when you were younger? I did not. Oh, my. Well, uh, if you've got a, a PS3, I think you can also do this on the Xbox. But you can download DuckTales Remastered. They uh, kind of remade the old Nintendo game and uh, put it with not with uh, the, with modern graphics, redrew all the characters, and actually have voice the voice talent. Most of the characters did you know return to voice their characters, but they did have to get a few new ca- actors. But he voiced Flintheart Glomgold on that game. Oh, that is cool! And he was also Sabu Uncle Sabu in Phineas and Ferb. Really? Yes. Which I haven't seen a whole lot of Phineas and Ferb. The most I've seen is I saw their Star Wars parody, which is hilarious. I loved it. Oh man, if you want, if you want to have fun, just watch Phineas and Ferb. Those yeah. things are great. I'm going to watch that on Netflix at some point and everything. Loaded. I, I feel like I missed jokes. something here. You you've missed something. They are incredible, and any of the specials are fantastic. And it was kind of cool. I did uh, get to record a 
presentation by one of the storyboard artists that has worked on Phineas and Ferb. And I do have some video on the YouTube channel for Neverland Podcast. If everybody goes and checks that out, I do have a great video from Toonfest where you see part of the parade, or actually see the whole parade that was there. And then I did record his presentation where he shows some of his artwork and shows how things change from storyboards to uh, an episode with uh, with Agent P. And they were doing kind of a, a joke on a James Bond bit. And it's the funny thing is, is the stuff of the original storyboards was actually funnier, funnier than what ended up in the episode because <laughs> of all the things they weren't allowed to do because oh, they yeah. were too close to James Bond. But it was very funny stuff. Yeah. Um, also, I've got another Disney connection, although this is a bit more distant. But uh, this is a Marvel connection. He was the voice of Dr. Miles Warren in the Spectacular Spider-Man animated show. Did you watch this show? Uh, bits and pieces. Great show. I did not had, watch it religiously. Did have Greg Wiseman on, who was uh, who worked on that show on an earlier episode. He was a writer. Uh, but Dr. Miles Warren, you being a comic book fan, I bet you're familiar with Dr. Miles Warren. I am drawing a blank. Their name is familiar, but I can't think of who it is. The Jackal. The Jackal. This is the guy who cloned Spider-Man. Also cloned Gwen Stacy and... Uh, they did Wasn't the Jackal the supposed show. to be coming up in a new Spider-Man? I would love to see it, but I haven't heard anything. You know what? This sounds like old news to me. This sounds like 90s news before there were Spider-Man movies. You'd have to really have some Man. established Spider-Man movies before you move on to the Jackal to be able to do a clone thing like that. But no it, kidding. It would be very cool if they ever pulled the trigger on that. I would. That would really be awesome. It. It that would, would be awesome. Be awesome. Okay, well, is there anything from Mask, though, that we have not covered that you think we need to mention? Um, I don't think so. I think everybody needs to watch it, though. Oh, yeah. And uh, if this is available on iTunes, I'll try to get a a link up. Uh, Unfortunately, Amazon doesn't like us here in Missouri, so I can't do an affiliate link for anyone to find it on Amazon, but it is available there. Yeah, I don't think it's on iTunes. (sighs) It's on iTunes. Well, y'all go to Amazon. I tell you what, I bet Techno Retro Dads has an Amazon link, don't you? I don't. I don't. You don't. You know, you can always check out Second and Charles. Sometimes they have some some great videos there. Do you have a Second and Charles? I don't even know what Second and Charles. It's is. a store uh, under the Books a Million uh, larger name. They've got old and new stuff. And they'll so do an affiliate type of thing. No, I'm, I just mean they've got one down the street. <laughs> oh, okay. That's not an online store. It's just no. a, a store. I think they probably do have an online store. But if you have a second and Charles around, they generally have old video games that you can buy there, things like that. Wow. But uh, you might be able to find some copies of Mask there. Or perhaps a vintage stock if you have one in the area. You but might. Yes, if, you, if you remember this show, definitely want to go check it out. If you don't remember this show, you never watched it. It's definitely something worth sharing with your kids. It is. The kids really got into it. Christmas morning. I plugged it in, and, and uh, we watched it as we were unwrapping things, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. And it's been kind of neat to see it again. I just wish I had better quality, because sometimes the sound quality wasn't that great on the, the ones that I was watching. But it was neat to see it back again. It's like, oh, man, this is really cool. This is It, it does remind me a lot of uh, like a G.I. Joe Force, except for they have that transforming car aspect yeah. that was really kind of fun. Except for the added thing, just to make it cool, is the mask. Which, oh, here's something i got to bring up, though. These were the smallest figures. Well, that was the <laughs> biggest disappointment. They were, what, like Ironically. maybe half an inch to an inch tall? <laughs> yeah, m- m- well, inch and a half, maybe maybe up to two. They were 
half the size of a Star Wars figure. <laughs> they were so tiny. But of well, they were the size of Ewoks <laughs> yes, and Jawas. Uh, but, of course, they were meant – you're not really so much worried about playing with the figure as you are playing with the vehicle. Right. So they were just meant to go so you have a guy inside of your vehicle so you can play with that vehicle and pretend you're, you're Venom and conquering the world and or Mask and stopping Miles Mayhem from conquering the world and all this fun stuff. So, yeah, it was all about the vehicles really. But how cool it would have been if I could have used them interchangeably with Star Wars and G.I. Joe figures. Ah, but that's, of course, I guess why there was a Matt Tracker G.I. Joe, which I, I don't know how far they took that. It would have been awesome if they didn't made a G.I. Joe-sized version of Firecracker. Yes. Then you could ride it down the steps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. be the best. That'd be awesome. Well, it is time for a few Neverland shout-outs. Neverland feedback. Okay. We have a bunch of new Twitter followers this week. And so we'll just list them all out here. And I'm probably going to butcher a few of your names wrong, but uh, I'm, I hope you'll forgive me. And if I really say it wrong, send me a voicemail and correct me. But we have Sigrid Carroll, Curtis Stone, Pete Shikey, or Shike, Susan Bennett, Spoke Lane which I think is not actually their name. I think that it was associated with something. Awesome Smile, which appears to be a kind of a music type of thing they have going on. Nice. Yule Spencer, but that is a, that'd be an awesome if that really was your name, Awesome Smile. Uh, but anyways, Sam Pope, Mad Happy, Dalton Lilly, Shay Castle, Josh Taylor, and William Sandbro. Thank you all for following us on Twitter. And if any of you would like to also follow us on Twitter, remember twitter.com slash NeverlandPCast. And don't forget to actually join the Neverlanders and become an official Lost Boy or Pixie. Uh, well, golly. Well, thank you very much for coming back on the show there, Shaz Bazaar. Well, thanks for having me over. You are the pan. That's right. I am the pan. We love to fly. We love to keep our pixie dust. And the nice thing about having your pixie dust is you got to keep that pixie in your pocket because you have to be able to share that pixie dust with other people. And, of course, by that I mean by keeping that good and positive, youthful, young, young at heart attitude that you can share with other people. Sometimes it's just simply as a smile and a handshake. You can brighten somebody's day or even sharing great memories of great old TV show and great toys like Mask. Absolutely. Because you, you can be mad happy with an awesome smile. There you go. Mad happy with an awesome smile. And you might find out that some of your coworkers used to play with some of the same toys that you used to. And maybe they still have kept theirs because you've, you, Shazbazar, have actually kept some of your mask toys. I have. I, I got, some of them I don't have because I did put them in a yard sale, but not all of them sold. Uh, I wish I had a lot of the old toys I had. Some of the stuff I foolishly gave away to uh, kids my mom was babysitting. And now I'm like, you know what? I should have kept them, and I could have at least, if I was going to sell them, sell them to the vintage stock. But now I have a collection of stuff that I just have all over the shelves. So <laughs> I've, I've hit that age now. If I buy a toy, it doesn't get out of the package. It just hangs on the wall. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't do that. I play with my toys still. <laughs> I have a lot of things still outside the boxes, but the only way I really get to play with stuff is like Disney Infinity. It's like toys in a video game. It's yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. It's a very cool thing. It's it takes a lot of money, but it's worth it. Oh. mainly because well, I, I get a toy with the game. Every yes, time I buy a new character. I get a little figure. Except the last two. 
They're from Tron. They don't come with any figures. Oh, yeah. That's really... It it agitates me because I think it was like an iTunes kind of thing or something. There's somewhere I just don't have access to those. Oh, no. And I just... I was like, come on. Just make a figure. Make a couple figures for for me. Yes, make them glow. Yeah. Oh... If they were to go, because the you know the Disney Infinity panel lights up. Yes. So if they made a Tron figure where they, uh, where maybe because you know they do this sometimes the clear. Right. They just have to light it from underneath. That's great. That would be so awesome. See, they should hire me to come up with these ideas, especially anything Tronish. They should. Should glow. And that's yet another show that they can find you on. What is it? You have yes. a Tron show. What's it called? Tron Decoding the Grid. Tron, Tron Decoding the Grid. Now, I need to catch up on this show, except for I noticed you have been talking about the animated series that was on Disney XT for a while. We did. We covered each episode of the animated series. And I've only Tron seen Uprising. Like, one episode of it. And it's not available. Uh, it's not on it, Netflix anymore? It, it may be on Netflix still. But it's it's they, they have not put it out on any real discs yet. Still waiting on that one. Oh, wow. I thought if there was a DVD, but no, not. No <gasps> DVDs of that. Well, as soon as I'm done catching up on Arrow, then I'm going to, I'll have to definitely watch that series, awesome. too. Awesome. Yeah, do that. Tron is, is, man, great memories of Tron. Oh, yes. Love the movies. I remember it was so great seeing Tron Legacy in the theater in 3D. We got to see it the night before it were, Well, I guess it was a couple days, actually, before it was released in theaters. I got wow. a, a free pass to the 3D showing. For, it's normally, you know, the press showings, but I managed nice. to win a couple of passes. I took my buddy Phil, and we went, saw it in 3D on a big screen. It was so great. Yes. Oh, one love huge it, love music it, love video. It. <laughs> it is. I mean, everything's so perfectly timed with the music. Yes, it was. It's, it's an excellent movie. <laughs> and uh, it really, I it was interesting because it was like taking some of the, what you knew from the original Tron and mixing it with somewhere of the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, it's a good good description. It's very Matrix sensibilities, especially in that 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 nightclub there that they went into. It just I don't know. It just felt very Matrixy once they got in there. Yes. The one thing that I thought was very weird is that they have a rainstorm in the middle of it. I was trying to figure that out because, like, okay, you're inside a computer system. How is there a rainstorm? What was this supposed to actually be in real life? Yeah, we have racked our brains about the rainstorms, the snow, the mountains, and the outlands. Um, It may be uh, uh, unused space. Yeah, so just, that's what I figured what the, the mountains or stuff were just kind of programmed in. Because, I mean, it was in the first Tron, and everything had a grid-like look. To me, right. you know, Tron Legacy is, you know, because it looks and feels very different from the first Tron. But yes, I always it took it as, well, computer technology has advanced this far. So right, yeah, it's a new grid. Updated. Yeah, it's a very new grid, so everything looks more better. You know, it's better rendering, you know. Yes, and so I always just took it as that. But when they have that rainstorm happening, I'm like, okay, there's got to be a a computer uh, definition uh, definition is not the word I'm looking for. Description or reason of why there's rain. Well, that's it's that's when uh, Jamie came on the show. She uh, she became our third third host on the show because she has a lot of these computer answers. She's a computer genius. Wow. So it's it's good to have her around to, to kind of uh, explain some of these aspects. Yeah. So it's fun to fun fun to uh, tune in and and uh, it's always good to find out from Jamie what's really going on. And maybe they'll explain it if that third movie ever comes out because I've been hearing stuff about this third movie for so long now. Yeah, there's a lot more buzz about it lately. In fact, I uh, saw a list of different Disney movies coming out, and it said Tron Three, 
TBD. So it is on the list. It's just to be decided. Still. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because I would like a more explanation of how Cora really got out of the computer because she only had a digital form. She didn't have any flesh. So that's how right. Was her flesh created. Well, that's Tron 3. Uh, evidently, the, the whole idea is there's more coming out. Ooh. So, yeah. Very but see, she's different because she's a she's nice so yeah. she just manifested in the first place. Yeah, which is very, very, very weird anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, but because I always, you know, took it as like, you know, with the Flynn's, Sam and Kevin, that their flesh was digitized. So they still kind of had their flesh on the inside because they could bleed inside right. of the computer. Good point. So that makes sense. So when they get outside, well, they're just getting their, their just flesh is being transferred. Whoops, sorry, I'm whacking the microphone. Uh, their flesh is just being transferred outside of the computer. But with Cora, she never had flesh. So. Oh, but, but maybe she got some of Flynn's flesh since she uh, used his disc to escape. Hmm. That's a thought. Hmm. Well, that's a whole other topic for another time. We'll have it to sure have is. We'll have to have you all back on some time and do a whole episode about Tron. So, it might be long. Might be long. Well, hey, we, we've gone fairly long on this episode. We have, we have, <laughs> and I really appreciate you having me on again. This has been a lot of fun tonight. Well, it's always fun having you on. I love having people on. It's great because people. I, I love it when I find other people who are similar to me that love all these these crazy things, and I love talking to them all, and I love sharing it with all you listeners out there who also love the same things. And thank you for so much for downloading this week. And I invite you all to come back next week. But remember to keep your pixie in your pocket, share it with other people, and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on Twitter.com slash NeverlandPCast and Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492 and send email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright glue band productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyright of their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license. Lives a brave little hobbit whom we all admire With his long wooden pipe and fuzzy woolly toes He lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all Now hobbits are peace-loving folks, you know they're never in a hurry and they take things slow They don't like to travel away from home They just like to eat and be left alone But one day Bilbo was asked to go On a big adventure to the caves below To help some dwarves get back their gold That was stolen by a dragon in the days of old Bilbo, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins only three feet tall Bilbo Bravest little hobbit of them all. Well, he fought with the goblins. He battled a troll. He riddled with Gollum. 
a magic ring he stole. He was chased by wolves, lost in the forest, escaped in a barrel from the elf king's halls. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. That brave little hobbit whom we all admire Just sitting on a treasure of silver and gold Puffing on his pipe in his hobbit Ho, ho, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins He's only three feet tall Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins Bravest little hobbit of them all 